Where are we going and what is our final destination? All of us, or some of us, enjoy having opportunities to go on road trips. But to go on a road trip, we have to know where our destination is. And as we go on a road trip, we just can't jump in the car and just go. Maybe if it's an hour, two hour road trip, then yeah, you can just jump in the car and go. But if it's days, weeks, months of a road trip, we have to begin to plan strategically, know what to pack, what to bring, what car are we going to use, what are we going to eat, what is the route we're going to take, and how are we going to get there. Today, as we gather with the Universal Church, we celebrate the fifth Sunday of Easter. This reading, the gospel reading we commonly hear today, is also one of our funeral readings. Death is very much a taboo within our society. No one really wants to talk about death. No one really wants to speak of what happens after death. Everyone wants to find eternal life. Everyone wants to find the fountain of youth so that they don't have to endure or face death. But in today's gospel reading, Jesus prepares his disciples for his going away. He recognizes and realizes at this last supper that he will have to depart from his disciples. And so he prepares them to tell them where he's going and what he's about to do and how he's going to endure this death. But what we hear is three different responses from one unknown disciple and two other disciples. We hear the first part of where the disciples are clueless. They want to know where they're going. Then we hear the fact that we don't know the way. They're confused of what they're supposed to do. Where is life going to be without Jesus? And how are they going to get there? And finally, we hear, show us exactly the Father. Show us how to get to the Father. I need visible and physical proof of where we're going. Those three commonalities occur when we come face to face with death. Because it's so taboo within our world, we don't know. We're confused of what really happens to us life after death. We come to the, the celebration of a funeral not knowing and not understanding and confused on how are we supposed to come to celebrate the person's life. One of the common things that we have asked is, are we supposed to be sad at a funeral or are we supposed to rejoice and be excited and happy for them? Most of us would think, yes, let's be sad. We have to mourn the loss of this person. But that is if we are people who have no hope, people who have no direction, and see that death is the end-all be-all, that death is it. There's no more to that person, there's no more to our relationship, and there's no more of this experience or connection with them. But what is so fitting today is we celebrate and we read and hear this passage within the context of Easter. Because Jesus tells us today, he is the way, the truth, and the light. Why? 
When we listen and actually break down the way, the truth, and the light, we really begin to understand where our hope lies so that there is no, there is no death within ourselves. Death is not the end-all, be-all in our life, but we truly gain eternal life. It's not that we just sit here and we automatically inherit eternal life, but we have to follow Jesus. Jesus tells us he is the way. He's going to prepare a dwelling place for us where him and the Father dwell. So where are we meant to go? Where is our destination? Where is the end point in our journey? Our end point is not when we take our last breath here on earth, but our end point is in eternity with God the Father, dwelling with him as if Jesus was dwelling with him, where they were together, where they were from the beginning of time. That moment, that place is called heaven. And so when we continue to live our life, our goal, our destination is to reconnect ourselves back to the Father, to return to the place and return to the state in which we were meant from, from the beginning. We were not meant to be separated from the Father. We're not meant to be isolated from the Father. Death was not supposed to keep us away from the Father, but because of original sin, Death crept into our world. Death, death crept into our life. But death is not the end all be all. So we find Jesus is then sent to show us the way back to the Father. So what is that way? What is interesting is the disciples don't understand the way because they have not really experienced the Paschal events yet. They have not experienced and witnessed Jesus' death on the cross to really fully understand. So us as the Easter people, we can see from the outside what it means to be the way. What is interesting is during the time after Jesus, there was no such thing as Christians. There were no such thing as people who follow Christ. But what was interesting is they were known and called as the people of the way. So when they began to evangelize the people, they asked you, do you know the way? Are you people of the way? They're asking if they knew and followed Jesus. So what does it mean to be the people of the way, the people who follow Jesus? What did Jesus do on this earth? He came to bring about and help people understand and return back to the loving grace of the Father. He shows people how to manifest and share that love, how to be in right and proper relationship first and foremost with each other and then that vertical relationship with God. He shows us what it means to be sons and daughters of Jesus, of God. He shows us what it means to live out the life we were meant to be. That way calls us to share our life with our brothers and sisters, to be the voice to the voiceless, to care for those in need, to walk and journey with people no matter how different they are. But in that way calls us to live out a life of sacrifice. 
a life of complete giving of ourselves to the other. The truth. He comes to share with us what it truly means to be united together, to be in relationship with the Father. Because that relationship is not what I want and the Father's, but my desire, my want is so united with God the Father that I can't distinguish and tell the difference. Think of it this way. As husband and wife, when you guys are united in your discipline of your children, as a child, we try to find ways to pin father and mother against each other, right? As a child, if you know that you, if dad says no to something, I can run to mom and say, mom, I'm going to go do this. Is that okay? Knowing that mom will always say yes. I won't tell her that dad said no, but I'm going to just do that because I know mom will say yes. Or even vice versa. If mom is the hard one, I'm going to run to dad first and find out and get what I want from that relationship. But that relationship with Jesus and God the Father is a united front. So what Jesus wants is the same thing God wants for each of us. So he manifests that and becomes the living embrace. He becomes the word made flesh. He shows us what it means to love the Father. He shows us what it means to do the will of the Father. And doing the will of the Father is to bear witness to what is right. To bear witness, to be the truth that walks the world. To live out that life of virtue, of holiness. To become the voice to the voiceless. When he says he is the life, he shows us that death is not the end, period. That our life is meant to be with God the Father for all eternity. And so as he goes to endure his death and resurrection, he shows us that he himself can conquer death. And so we too will have eternal life with him. If we follow him, he will give us the bread of life. He will give us the bread that will nourish us, that will fill us and give us joy, peace, and love that will endure forever. The bread of life that will give us the strength to continue to strive towards our journey, towards our destination, which is heaven. He gives us the living water, the waters of baptism in which we ourselves become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ through which we have been washed away from our sins, washed away from the fact that we can't relate to God the Father anymore. But now we have become his son, his daughter. We belong now to him, the light. He gives us the light to shine in the darkness, to radiate the brightness, but most importantly, to bring us warmth and comfort knowing that there is no fear within our life that can't be conquered. There is nothing that can stop God from loving us for who we are. No matter how far we hide from Him, no matter how deep and dirty the recesses of our heart become, that light of Christ will penetrate into that darkness and that light of warmth, of comfort, of love wants to enter into that darkness. And finally, He's the Good Shepherd that gives us life. He's leading us back to greener pastures. 
He's leading us back to heaven and is guiding us and showing us the way. He's pointing us towards the places that we are going to be able to flourish, to grow. So my dear brothers and sisters, we know where our destination is. Our destination is meant for heaven. So just like any road trip, we have to begin to prepare. We have to put these things in place in our lives to prepare for our final destination. We follow Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life to prepare ourselves for that destination. But that destination has to cross through the cross, through the crucifixion of our Lord. We look at Jesus' life, and it's not easy. It comes with temptation. It leads us to the need of prayer for the strength, the grace to continue. It leads us to caring for our brothers and sisters. It leads us to being vocal about the truth, to stand up for the voiceless. It leads us to walk with those in need. It's not just about the fact that we are Christians now and that's it. We are the way now and that's it. But we're called to live that out every day of our life, to live out the way, the truth, and the life every day so that we can work towards that destination. So if we want to continue and finish our journey to heaven, my dear brothers and sisters, let us begin today to follow Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.